0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. And now, the latest on the Kansas Jayhawks.
2: All right, folks, what's good? Uh, The episode ain't no seeds, one that I'm very excited for. We are live, I believe, so let's get the chat going. I guess as people fill in here, the chat, um, usually electric, usually electric. There's our guy, Dan, already already logging in. We appreciate it. Um, Before we get going, we got to talk about Emprise Bank. You can open an account with Emprise Bank in less than five minutes. The savings just start there, though. Emprise is a trusted partner with a variety of products and services to help you achieve your goals. Don't be tethered to a brick building. Start a meaningful relationship with a bank that has your best in mind. Boys, Bill Self in the spring. We 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 joke about it, we tweet about it, we talk about it endlessly, and he never seems to he he somehow exceeds expectations. Like the guy was. We were worried about him retiring due to his health, like sixty days ago, eighty days ago. I don't even know. And he just pulled off one of the greatest off seasons—one in his tenure at Kansas ever, but also like maybe not to get insane here, but like one of the better off seasons in college basketball history. I don't know. I, I really don't know. Maybe in the new portal era, this whole new era. Uh, maybe. Uh, Bill Self's an absolute legend Kevin is returning for those that don't know he's back uh and I we're gonna have to like maybe chill out a little bit throughout this episode because I'm probably gonna say absurd things like that but before we get into a b-turn how are you feeling about it all I don't think any of us saw Kevin coming back but I think over these last few weeks it's felt more and more likely right
3: yeah yeah, I know it's it's definitely became more of a thing. I think it was kind of a foregone conclusion that he's gone. He has a senior night at the field house against Tech. Bill kinda of made some comments at the banquet saying, I'd sincerely want you back and obviously he doesn't do that very often. I think he's pretty honest with guys. Like if you need to go, you need to go. But if he thinks you could potentially need another year, I'm not saying Kevin did, but if he could if he sees that you might need another year, like he'll, he's gonna recruit you to come back, obviously. Um and He's just typical Bill Self player. He loves him. Kevin plays so hard. He makes winning plays so good defensively. Um, and I think he's going to develop this year as a scorer. I think the guys that come back, stick around, stay in Bill Self's system, the longer they stay, the better they get. And I think Kevin McCuller is going to solidify himself as a draft pick next summer. And I think this is one hell of a decision by him. Not just saying that as a KU fan. Um, I just I think it's a hell of a decision. Like I just said, he's going to make a ton of money. This year, I was not ready for his story to be done at KU after a first weekend exit against Arkansas. I didn't want his story to be done. He's got more in store at KU one more year. We love watching him play. He plays so hard, like I just said. So I couldn't be more excited, and I thought about that earlier, what you just said, because it's the best offseason he's had at KU, no question. Um, And so it made me think, is it one of the best in college basketball history? I'm not crazy tapped in. With other programs, I don't know what they do. Kentucky, Duke have had great recruiting classes, but it's got to be up there. I mean, Bill Self said today that this is the biggest thing that's happened for KU basketball this off season. and they got right. He
2: loves Kevin McColer,
3: and they got made. People say the best player to ever hit the portal committed to Kansas this off season. He said Kevin was, and that's not even like Bill just saying that. Like Bill, when he says something, he truly means it, and. That's how important Kevin McCuller is. He's not a crazy elite scorer. We all know that. We never expected that from him, but that's how big it is. And he's just going to do everything from a leadership standpoint, defensively, um, and he's just a flat-out winner. So it's fucking huge. AP,
2: we—I uh, think it was like to, a month or two ago—we were talking about the portal. We were talking about the off-season, and you know, we brought up how. McCuller, if he's not going to go in the second round, even like, I don't know what type of money he'll make in IL, but we've heard numbers of what other guys have made. We've heard numbers of what new guys might be making. There's no doubt in my mind, Kevin McCuller is going to make a ton of money uh, next year. And I think we've said this over and over again, when Bill Self wants you back and you listen and you do, you go through the, we just talked about it with Devontae too. Like Devontae was like, yeah, I had to go through the process. You have to do that but I knew I was going back. Not that I think McCuller knew he was going back, but like how confident are you, AB, that this is just a – this this was the best decision for McCuller, right? Like I don't think in in 12 months we're going to be sitting here th- saying, man, McCuller really should have gone and tried to squeeze into that second round and and had a decent uh, season in the G League, right? Like it just feels like it's another one of those guys in line to have a massive year after deciding to return after going to
4: the draft. Process, right yeah for sure basketball wise it makes a ton of sense obviously there's more that goes into these kids decisions than just that but shit it's between making non-guaranteed nba or g league money and fighting for like the 12th spot on an nba bench or coming back to ku being a top five team one of the top what two to three players on the team maybe go on a run and I, he's never going to be a lottery pick kind of guy but if he comes back and Maybe takes another step on offense, continues his defense how it is. Like he could be a early second, late first. I feel like. I mean, I don't know if I, he was in the middle of the second round as of now. So you would think another step of offense. And we we say it we say it all the time. There's so many examples. If you come back to KU when you're kind of like a borderline guy, it always works out for you. Like it's it really, it really just like Ochai, Jalen, and I don't think McCuller is going to turn into this All American National Player that the Year candidate, but when you already have one of those guys on your team plus Dewan Harris you're going to i mean you're going to get all the accolades as a team that you can ask for so i basketball wise it makes 100% sense and i'm thrilled that he's back because you look at it now we got three guys returning from last year's team three starters you add yeah. the best transfer in the portal and you add an awesome shooter and or one of the best defenders in the class so like there's options this team on paper looks fucking disgusting and i can't wait to watch them.
3: I I want to touch on that the, the offseason again because it feels like KU Bill Self and the staff pretty much landed every single player they wanted besides Mbako. and it, I'm no I tweeted this earlier like there's there's no disrespect to McKinsey and Embako but it, everything always seems to work itself out with Bill Self and KU like we end up doing better and like I said it's not that's not disrespect to him but Kevin McCuller, been in college for four years. This will be his fifth year. He's played in the Vic 12 for four years. Texas Tech with the national championship. He's crazy experienced. He's never going to hurt you. McKenzie Mbaco, top 10 recruit. Um, McDonald's guy. We know he's talented, but coming in as a freshman with a ton of talent, ton of mouths to feed, you're obviously going to take the guy that probably will be a national defensive player of the year, finalist, and a guy that he's never going to hurt you. He's going to play hard, finish around the rim um So yeah, we we ended up doing better. We, it's just the perfect off season. Like it's a grand slam. You talk if you give me those names before the off season, I'm I would be sh- I would be shocked. Like there's no way they can do that. Hunter Dickinson, Arterio Timberlake. Like it's just it's insane what Bill Self just did, and it it couldn't have went any better. I
2: mean it's hilarious because if we just get Dickinson. And Timberlake, I think we're sitting here saying that's pretty good off season, right? I mean, you get a shooter, you get a big; those are the two boxes we wanted to check. We throw in Morris, who is in a weird way like one of the more exciting parts of this transfer class, I think, because he's there's still so I mean he's so talented, so athletic, and just you didn't get to see his whole you know his whole skill set last year. He may have the highest ceiling of any of the transfers. Um, but I don't know if you guys are reading the private chat, but our, our guy, Nick Springer, shout out, going to be our new producer moving forward. He just sent in a little, uh, stat that has me feeling a type of way, which is every Natty team since 1997 has had at least three starters back. And McCuller just put KU in that same conversation, which I mean, we've said it bill self with a got with a team of it's not only just a team of guys that have played for him. Bill Self has a team of three guys that he trusts so much. DeWan Harris, you would argue, is the most trusted Bill Self guard ever. Bill Self loves the guy. Kevin McCuller played one year for Bill Self, and you'd think Bill's been coaching that guy for like eight years. Like Bill is in love with him, loves every, like you said at the beginning of the show, we got Hunter Dickinson and Bill called it, the biggest move of the offseason getting McCuller back. He loves the guy. And then KJ Adams is flying under the radar. Started every game last year at the five. And he's sneaky. Like the worst player on the team in the, on the starting lineup. Now, like it's crazy. The talent that bill has assembled. Now there's going to be questions and we got to get into the one. I think there are a few questions about how this will all work together. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I'm blown away. I, I guess, what do we even want to do here? Do we want to start breaking down like starting lineups? Do we want to talk about the question marks? Do we want to make wild predictions? Are we on like forty and O talk like Kentucky fans? Where that
3: one? Yeah, I'm just kidding. But okay, I was, I was gonna say. Obviously, we talked about the three starters being locked in with KJ Dewan, Kevin McCuller. Is there a chance? KU has one Scully left. Is there a chance they get a guy that could potentially start over KJ? We love KJ. We've said he's going to start every game for Bill Self. I truly believe that. But is there any chance at all? I mean, they're going after a guy. I think they are. Grant Nelson. Obviously, he's in the draft process, but I think he's going to take his name out. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. There's been rumblings today about both sides being interested, and i I know KJ, Bill loves him. We talked about that plenty. Like He's kind of like Mark Vidal, where he started every game for Bayley, and they won it all, 6-5. doesn't score a ton. But KJ's going to do all the little things well, do all the dirty work. So is there any chance, like even a percent chance, KJ doesn't start?
2: A.B., you're the KJ guy. You called him starting last year, and I kind of laughed at you, and so I will not be caught
4: slandering KJ Adams ever again. Uh, so I'm going to pass that to you, A.B., um I I genuinely don't know uh because I think just looking at the starting lineup at least in general or the top seven or eight I do have some questions about our offense I mean the defense is gonna be awesome they'll probably gonna be top five in Ken Palm all year um but like Dewan McCullough, and KJ we saw that last year when we had a guy averaging 20 points and a guy that's gonna be a lottery pick backing him up so if there's a I don't know this Grant Nelson's skill set if he's awesome on offense can stretch the floor a little bit like it wouldn't surprise me just to get more options in there but god we've been saying it about KJ for so long and once you get into Bill Self's like love house it's hard to get out so like he didn't do anything wrong yeah love house my favorite play <laughs>
3: um yeah Grant Nelson's like a 6 he's 6'10 but he has like a mm-hmm. weak skill set he didn't shoot it very well last year at North Dakota State it's like 25 26% from thirty. He really wants to stay in the draft. I don't think he'll get drafted. Um, I don't think his workouts have went very well either. But he, yeah, 6'10", and can at least stretch it. He's going to be at least a threat to shoot it. His percentages haven't been great. But, yeah, KJ. And I know that lineup you just talked about, they were still, and, yeah, we lost two major key parts, but still a one seed last year. I know we lost early, but still really good team. Um, and those three are going to be great defensively. And, like I said, they're never going to hurt. Hurt you?
2: Yeah. So, okay, we got to take a quick break here. We'll come back. I want to talk more about starting lineups. AB, I think you bring up a good point about the offense. There will be some
1: some question marks, but we will get to that uh, after a quick break. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network.
2: So, you know, after I celebrated the Natty this morning and, you know, started to hang bangers for 2024, I did, th- you know, you do start to think like, okay, DeWan, biggest question mark with DeWan, scoring ability, jumper. Uh, Kevin O'Coller, biggest question mark about Kevin, scoring ability, jumper. Uh, KJ, you know, out exceeded expectations as a scorer last year. I don't think anyone saw him putting up the numbers he did, but he's going to be playing a different position. He's going to be going up against different types of guys, whereas last year it was kind of a mismatch, which go in against him and went for him at times too. So if you throw in Timberlake at the two or Morris at the two, Dickinson's going to get his number. Dickinson's going to be an absolute star offensively. He's still going to go get... 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. I don't know. But how concerned are we about, yes, this team will lock people up. Their defense will be outrageous. But is there going to be moments where we are just disgusted at maybe spacing, at maybe shot making? That, I think, is really the only thing that's holding me back from being like, this is one of the best designed teams that bill has taken into a season ever from like a college basketball standpoint. Right.
3: Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I think it's a fair question, fair point, um, and fair concern. Like I've definitely thought about it. Um, but I'm also like, we know how solid these, these guys are like, what you're going to get from the Dewan, KJ, um, Kevin McCuller, but we, we haven't even talked about like how much they could expand their games this summer. I'm not saying like KJ's going to come out knocking down jumpers, but I think why can't DeJuan, um expand as a, as a score from an offensive standpoint, like he does get to the rim sometimes doesn't finish around the rim, but he was actually kind of a consistent jump shooter last year. He didn't shoot it a ton, but I remember at one point he was like 40% from three and I know teams still left them open, but I think we're preseason. Number one, you have all these guys, you know what you're getting, but I still think they can become better players this summer. And I think they can expand their game. Like, Kevin McCuller's 29% from three last year. Um, He got all the feedback, went through the process like he should. I think he can work on some things this summer and prove to the NBA guys um, this year just from a scoring standpoint and then get himself drafted. So I think it's big off-season for all those guys, like even KJ. I mean, KJ could be locked in the starting lineup, but KU has a ton of talent coming off the bench. You see all the starting five projections today, and then you think of all the guys they could have off the bench, like – arterio el marco or timberlake or arterio el marco um marcus adams jr you got the freshman coming in like so there's going to be competition always at ku but we talk about these guys um getting better when they stay at ku so i think these guys this summer can expand their games um and i guess we'll see how they look but yeah i think it could get ugly at some points this season but Yeah, I mean, G. Julehan Grims just left a comment where he
2: said Juan ended the season at (laughs) 40.5% from three. But the point I like is he said, not a volume guy, solid win open. Duan Harris is going to get a lot of open threes this year because Dickinson is going to require so much attention. Um, On top of that, I mean, you're still going to have Timberlake there, too. Like, I know he had Grady Dick next to him, too, and Jalen took a lot of attention away. Too, but like, I think Dewan's gonna get a lot of open looks. I think McCollar's gonna get uh potentially a lot of looks, and so yeah, I don't think Kevin McCollar is gonna overnight over one offseason turn into a 40% three point shooter, but I also don't think he's gonna shoot 29%. I think he's probably gonna shoot like 33% or something, like, he's gonna improve. I think Dewan is definitely. I mean Bill Self dies on the hill that DeWan Harris is a good shooter. Like he yeah. believes it. And I don't think he'd just be screaming it in every press conference he could well, if yeah. it wasn't a part of it that's true.
3: All last year they were saying Dewan needs to be more aggressive. The players were telling him that. The coaches were telling him that. That's just not the type of player he is, you know? He's super unselfish, um, defends, makes all the right plays. So I they want him to be more aggressive and I think he's gonna be and that's that's another thing, too, is when KU needs players to step up, they do. We kind of touched on that, but it's kind of a difference. Like We say guys get better, but when they need players to step up, they do it. Last year, preseason, Bill Self talking about Jay will saying Jay will has got to be an All-American-type player for us to be really good. What was Jay will last year? First-team All-American, national player of the year candidate, um, and KU was the number one seed and had a great chance to win it all. So I think – um, I I don't even know where I'm going. So what?
2: Uh-oh. I mean, what is our? I was thinking about this too. Like, what is now the expectation for Kevin McCuller and the expectation for DeWan Harris? Because yeah, I think we you mentioned Jalen Wilson comes back and becomes an All American. I don't think on this team that's where Kevin McCuller is. I don't think that's what he's gonna be. But like. I think you could argue that all three of those guys, DeWan, Kevin, and Hunter Dickinson, should be preseason first team, all Big 12. Hunter Dickinson's going to be preseason Big 12 Player of the Year, right? Like, it's just wild to think how much not only talent, but just returning college basketball studs. Uh, yes, AD <laughs> Stash is, is absolutely stashing today. But, yeah, yeah I... I just don't even know what to expect. Like, how, how where can DeWan and Kevin, other than yeah, maybe Kevin can make some more shots, but like it's kind of just crazy to think of those guys getting better on a team that's already gonna just be a better overall team, I think, which I know sounds crazy. We were the number three overall seed and we should have been the number two overall seed last year, but this just feels like a Bill Self team compared to compared to last year's team.
4: Feels yeah, like the and, kind of team, like, they're going to win games that he likes to win. We've talked about it before. There's going to be a 59-54 final at Allen this year that he's going to be. Oh, finished. and Hunter Digginson's going to talk so much shit. I oh, love
3: man. him already. Yeah. He's just, like, he he gets it. Like, he's already tapped in with KU fans, like, with the McColl over today. And then he's doing, like, the hearings imminent thing um, with the GIF. But where I was going was a question, so don't let me forget the question. But, yeah. Maybe like, do you think we're underestimating how how good DeWan and Kevin are? Like, are we spoiled as fans for like wanting them to be guys that average 15, 20 points? But that's just not what they do. Like, Kevin and DeWan, that's there's a reason we're preseason number one. Like, it's not obviously not just Hunter Dickinson. Um, yeah. You have a good you have a good portal off season, but obviously DeWan, Kevin McCuller, they're super solid, and they're gonna do. They're never going to hurt you, like I said. Um, But I think Kevin McCuller, he's been a guy that averages 10 points a game. I think he can be our second option next year. Um, I don't see why that – I don't even think that's crazy. Honestly, he could average 12 to 15. I don't see like 15, but I could see him shooting around 33, 35% from three, getting more open looks, being more, um, I guess, trusted and leaned on by Bill to score more. So I think he'll get more looks. I mean, these guys to step up. They do it, like I said. So I think I think Kevin McCuller can um, improve from a scoring standpoint. Absolutely. So
2: this is going to be horrible podcasting here because I'm thinking <sighs> of this off the top of my head. So we're really going to have to dig deep. Comment section, help us out here. But like I'm sitting here thinking, when is the? What are the teams in Ku history of? I guess the Bill Self era where we have returned three guys I think it happens maybe more than I'm thinking like but where we've returned three guys that were this you know trusted by Bill Self it was not some guy that was maybe like a freshman that was returning I mean KJ DeWan, and McCuller are just Bill Self guys they just get mm-hmm. how Bill Self wants you to play and I'm trying to think back to kind of teams that have had that I think 2022 I think you know you look at Christian Brown, Ochi McCormick, Um uh, at that yeah, and Jay Will came back. So obviously that worked out pretty good.
4: Um 20. But he just like, say so 20 with yeah. Dot Doke and
3: Marcus Garrett. Yeah, that Yeah, was I was awesome. going to say yeah. I was going to say them, um I love Dot. I'm not sure where Bill was with him after freshman year. And I know he really he was close to going pro. So yeah, that was and then yeah, Nick just commented twenty twenty seventeen twenty eighteen, which those were the first two teams I thought of was 17. And then 18, obviously 18, you get D-Tay. Svee was probably more trusted after 17, and he was going to be in a bigger role. And then you had Doak still. 17, you had D-Tay, Frank, um, Svee, Landon. I mean, Landon was so trusted. Yeah, I mean, I think Landon's like the KJ of
2: this team. I think that team was – I mean, it's 17. It's Frank and Devontae are the ones where it's
3: like, holy crap, we get these guys back. Um, and then I'm, and, think, and... I'm thinking back to like a 2010, but I'm not trying to think of who our third guy would be. You got Esta and then Cole, Tyshawn, him and Bill aren't the best friends.
4: What about 2013 with like Saliford, so Elijah Jones, Rella, Anthony, I, you know, Eli. I mean, that, yeah. that team was basically was like a bunch of dudes returning and Lamore coming in and – It'd be an awesome trait per recording ass. Yeah, and then obviously 08, oh, you
2: have Russell sorry. Robinson, Mario Chalmers, Brandon Rush. Like, so the point I'm making here is now pretty much every team Bill Self walks through the door, but like those teams were all teams that didn't didn't they didn't all make Final Fours, they didn't all win national titles, but I can guarantee you all those teams heading into March, we thought were going to win the national title. Like twenty thirteen now, I know Louisville was a wagon that year, but like if that team beats Michigan, I think they're sleepwalking to the national title game. Um, 20, uh, 2020, we know the story on them. Uh, 2022, we know the story on them. 20, 2008, we know the story on And like 2010, yeah, it's kind of an iffy one. So maybe that's why it didn't work out. And even 2010 doesn't, oh, yeah, it does count. Cole Aldridge, 09, Sharon. And yeah, Tyshawn, but didn't really start in 2010 all year, did he? Because you know, so yeah, but like what I'm
3: saying is we're winning the national title, basically. That's um, what this segment's all about. I need I'm trying to figure out a way to form this question. I've been thinking about it since last night when we kind of started to hear that Kevin might be coming back. But I'm trying to think like what kind of leap do we need from Kevin? compared to like a former KU player that made a leap. And I know it's probably, maybe the question doesn't make sense for one. For two, it's probably hard to think of instances off the top of the head. But the first the first guy I thought of was like a Wayne Seldon. I know Kevin McCuller probably couldn't, isn't that explosive, but Wayne's, and Kevin hasn't even struggled, but Wayne struggled a little bit, obviously freshman, sophomore year, especially in the tournament. But Wayne just took it to a different level junior year punching on people hitting big shots kentucky in the field house he was great in the tournament except he should have made a wide open three against villanova at the young center to beat them but uh, i'm trying to think of like a like who could we compare him to that if we got a year a, that type of year throw i one mean, out because i got one as well because i throw I one see, out and i could just see this, this team being a team that we go into march and people, even though we're gonna be a one seed probably, I could see fans being a little nervous just because there's not a ton of elite shooters and we obviously have an elite big, but it a lot is dependent so, on guard play in March.
2: So the name I've got, and this may be almost like a I don't know, but I was thinking Travis Reliford. And it may not sound mm-hmm. that incra- it may not sound that, you know, like that big I of a deal, like but that. Travis Relaford, people no. People forget Travis Relaford shot 32% from three as a junior and then came back as a senior and shot 41, 42%. Oh, from like, and I, Travis Relaford kind of gets forgotten because Macklemore was on that team, he was on that team. But Travis Relaford, his senior year was awesome. Now, the exciting part about Kevin McCuller is I think Kevin McCuller was probably close to just as good last year as Kevin, or as, Travis Relaford was senior year. So I think the ceiling on McCuller is higher than it was with Relaford. But that's what I was sitting there kind of thinking about this team today. It's like Relaford wasn't a – like you didn't love Relaford as a shooter, but when he needed to make shots senior year, he just did. And, like, that's how I could see McCuller being not – 42% insane, um, but I could see McCuller definitely shooting, like, 35%, just making the timely shots.
4: Yours was better than mine. I was thinking Marcus Garrett senior year. But he didn't shoot enough. Like his you his done? percentage went from thirty two and a half to thirty five. But like, yeah, which I he only made one a game. That team was so weird, dude. That team was not fun at all. Oh, I remember. So I remember us talking ourselves into that team having a shot in March. No team made me quit the podcast for a time. I lost. I had so little interest in that team. People forget we got. 30-balled by USC. Not to get negative here, but I've never turned off an
2: NCAA tournament game quicker than that well, game. That no. game was done.
3: Then Bill talked shit on all the players and they win it next year and then this year a complete overhaul again and they're just going to win it all again preseason. Would one. Bill go scorched I told people. I told people to get KU at 22-1 to 1 and um, they're 12-1 to 1 now. Boys.
2: 12-1 to 1 still seems like insane value.
3: I want to... I want to ask my question that I forgot earlier.
2: We forgot to remind you. Yeah. Yeah. This, this question can't make the airwaves. Apparently let's hear it.
3: Um, so chat, you guys can give your answers too, but if you had to decide right now, and I know we haven't watched a ton of either guy, um, and we were not crazy familiar with both, but if you had to pick a starter between Artario Morris and Nick Timberlake, who would you pick right this second? And why?
4: Neither. Ooh, are you going to swing in El Marco there, AB? Can I get a takeoff? I don't want to sound disrespectful. Is Nick Timberlake Isaiah Moss? That's a valuable piece, but is he Isaiah Moss? Uh, If you've watched highlights, Nick Timberlake can do a lot more on a basketball court than Isaiah Moss. But, like, more not really style of play-wise, but role-wise. Like, you see the sixth man to come off the bench, hit a couple shots maybe in the corner and could be about it or see a guy that's going to start 35 games yeah, he and you know average closer to like 12 points a game than six points a game so here's my prediction
2: i go back and forth i want timberlake because of the shooting we need and i think early in the year you're gonna see timberlake get the nod but uh our producers here are sending us some stats timberlake's defense is a big red flag and Bill Self doesn't sound like that someone slide. else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Isaiah Moss figured it out. Now Isaiah Moss had to start on that team. That team was people. I mean, that team was starting Yudoke Azubuki and David McCormick together. It was disgusting. It couldn't be done. Isaiah Moss had to work because this team has a lot more flexibility. Where Timberlake, I think, can start, but if he struggles defensively, yeah, I, I think you're on to something, A.B., where maybe his role does just become like spark off the bench when the offense is maybe struggling. Um, Maybe, I mean, a little bigger role than Jalen Coleman lands, I would hope. But every good team needs that guy off the bench. That's like, okay, we're going to run a play and he's going to make a three in a corner and then he's going to sit for the next 10 minutes. But so we'll see. Now, the other thing about Morris is he's got, you know, the off the court stuff going on. To me, it feels, I don't know, maybe, maybe self gives Timberlake the early nod because of that. Um, But yes, the more I think about it, it does feel like Morris by like conference play might
4: be the guy. It's just, I don't, what's his shooting like? I know Well, that's my question. Can we, let's, let's try and picture it. Can you picture a, a KU starting lineup that's top three in the nation? running out they're, you know field house is going crazy they just played the intro video they got the lineups coming now oh, can you imagine a lineup starting for a number one team in the country with DeJuan Harris Artaria Morris Kevin McCuller and KJ Adams that's going to be one of those like we're watching the game we're like who the hell is putting the ball in the basket of these five like that then the team would give up 30 points a game it'd be awesome but Again, when you need a bucket, like, I don't know if that's the five that's going to be on the court the most, just stylistically. But I think Morris is a scorer, right? It's he just, yeah, but it's I like, think... he's very under. It sounds like his defense is what's putting, is like his gym now. I'm not saying he can't develop offensively, but I mean, basically what I've heard from you guys really is that he's going to come and he's going to make this team, uh, you know, 95th percentile defense to like a 98th percentile defense. It's like Walter White compared to fucking Gail Bettiger. No, and I agree. Like, that's why Timberlake to me <laughs>
2: seems like I would love Timberlake to work out because I think we need we, – Timberlake's exactly what we need. We need a shooter, and we need a guy that can score. And I think Timberlake gets thought of as only a shooter, but if you watch his stuff – now it's Townsend, but he he could score. So, I
3: um, I want to just answer my own question, I guess, and touch on it. But if El Marco's starting this year, yeah, let me, you guys are just talking and about to change. It, so it, it, this, question, this question, well, this question, I'm a, trying to get off to 30. There's a lot to <laughs> unfold here. Um, if El Marco's starting, <laughs> if El Marco's starting, that's got to mean Timberlake ain't playing this year, I feel like. I mean, who? because McCullough ain't leaving the floor. KJ's not leaving the floor. Hunter's not leaving the floor. DeWan. And is going to play because he defends. So if El Marco's that good, Timberlake's not playing. And I don't – I mean, El Marco's great. That's not a
4: bad problem to have, though.
3: Yeah, I'm not going to stay – I'm not going to tell you exactly what I expect from him this year, but I don't expect a freshman to come in and start over a guy that's played a ton of college basketball and then a former McDonald's All-American um, that – and it's, I almost, or Arterio is flying under the radar, dude. And I'm going to like, some of it's the legal stuff, which I get from fans. They're a little, tur- they're turned off by that. I get it. I don't know what's going on. Um, but in Texas, too, he didn't play a ton at Texas. You got Timmy Allen, you got Marcus Carr, you got Tyrese Hunter. There's, Those are guys he's not going to play over as a freshman. Like, who are you taking out of that lineup to give Arterio legit minutes? And the way Bill Self talks about Arterio, he sees how talented he is. Obviously, he's a McDonald's guy, but he's insanely excited about Arterio long term. So I'm, I'm, I don't know why you keep laughing at me, but I I still have no idea what your question is. You're starting at the two. Okay. Essentially, I'm I'm still touched on that because I want to answer my own question. Is is that okay? Yes. Okay, so yeah, Arterio, I just think he's flying under the radar um, yeah. because of the stuff that's going on, and I feel like people don't, maybe people think Timberlake's going to start, which that's kind of why I asked it, because you got Timberlake who can shoot it, but he doesn't defend very well, and then you got Arterio who obviously defends, but then like AB said, it could end up potentially being a gross matchup, so I think it's just a good topic and discuss- discussion, because yeah. you probably okay. have four starters locked in. Yep.
2: All right, let's take our last break. We'll come back because I still want to talk more about this lineup because it's
1: very exciting. We'll be right back. You're listening to KC Sports Network. We'll be right back after this.
2: I do think you're right, B-Turn, that Morris has slid under the radar for a couple reasons, like you said, but really because I just never felt like the recruitment of him was that serious. Like, I remember when it was announced he was coming here, it was kind of like, oh, really? I didn't know we were actually in play there. So, yeah, I, I hope he's he's under the radar. Um, the, at the end of the day, the most exciting part of it all is whoever's starting at the 2 whether it's Timberlake, Morris, or Jackson, it means they are very good. Like, nobody's getting handed a starting job because of spots open, right? There's none of that on this team. You're going to have to earn it. Like, El Marco Jackson could, you know, there's a scenario where El Marco Jackson doesn't play at all. Or there's a scenario where he's like that super exciting, he's the Grady Dick of this team where he's the freshman playing around a bunch of, uh, guys that have been here before. Like I don't know, but that's what's so exciting is I know that if El Marco Jackson, he doesn't have to be Grady Dick. El Marco Jackson, if he needs a year to develop on the bench, he can because Artero Morris or Nick Timberlake, one of them is going to be good. One of the three is going to be good. And I think Timberlake, if he's not a starter, you're gonna trust him off the bench. But you did bring up a point we have to talk about, which is if you're on this KU bench right now, where are you finding minutes? Hunter Dickinson's playing 30-plus minutes a game. Dewan Harris is playing 40 minutes plus some, if Bill Selfwood was allowed to do that. Um, Kevin McCuller is playing 38 to 40 minutes. So that leaves Morris, Timberlake probably splitting a lot of minutes, or Jackson— And K.J. Adams played 30-plus minutes a game last year, didn't he? Like, if you are – I don't know. I guess the – I will say this about K.J. I'm not ready to say he's going to lose starting. Like, he's not going to lose his starting job. I feel good about that. But I do think maybe this team's best if you you play K.J. 20 to 25 minutes – and you, you throw some true four guard action around Hunter Dickinson. I mean, you you roll out DeWan, Timberlake, uh, Kevin and or El Marco and Kevin at the four. Like, are we gonna see a lot of time of Kevin playing the four? I don't know. That's what's kind of exciting to me,
4: but will Bill Self be willing to not play KJ thirty five minutes a
3: game? Because like
4: he's he's gonna play when Hunter's sitting though, right? Like he'll just slide to the five at this point. How much is he gonna sit? Hey, I mean, don't he's... sleep on an Arthur Brown. You wanna get into the Brown Braun argument again? <laughs> um but like I don't know uh I almost said Mickelson, Hunter Mickelson would be awesome to have right now. I don't know what Dickinson's like minutes were last year, but just you know, I usually think of big guys like him not being thirty six minute a night guys and more like thirty minute a night guys. Um mm-hmm. so right there's ten for KJ, they probably play ten together. I don't know, but I think you're right. I don't think he's going to... Because if you do that, then you're locked into four guys in the starting lineup right there playing 30, 35 minutes a game. So it's like... I know. And that I know that happened a lot last year because we didn't have a bench. Kind of expect to have a little bit of a bench this year. So I think minutes for everybody could theoretically drop.
3: Um, and then, like you said earlier, from a scoring standpoint, some nights it's going to get ugly and you're going to have to just force feed Hunter, which is going to happen regardless because Bill Self... But so how do you how do you take Hunter Dickinson out either? So yeah, you got three or four guys that do exactly what Bill Self wants you to do. And when we've said it a thousand times, when you do what Bill Self wants you to do, you're gonna play. If you play defense and you play hard, he's not gonna take you out of the game because it's gonna be impossible for him to take you out of the game. So yeah, that's I mean, Kevin and Dewan, that's for sure. They're not leaving the court. Dickinson National Player of the Year candidate. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. And yeah, it, I, but
2: do we see KJ? Like I don't know. I'm. What's the most exciting lineup where KJ is on the bench? And I don't want this to feel like seem like I want KJ on the bench because he made me look like an idiot last year. But like, is a, is a DeJuan Timberlake? Is a DeJuan morris timberlake mcculler dickinson lineup electric at some point like because that way you now have the defense of dewan and morris together but then you add in the shooting of timberlake and like that's the thing that's fun about having a bench it's not a, we're probably getting too hung up on how many minutes people are playing the fun about it is you can throw different lineups at teams if if you're struggling mm-hmm. uh to to play a certain way, well, you can shift Kevin to the four. That's what's good about him being pretty versatile, is that there's options and doesn't matter who DeWan's playing with, he's gonna make it work. He's gonna get the offense going. So but it's like I just saw a comment about uh Marcus Adams Jr. Like oh, if you're saying guy right now, or if you are one of these other freshmen, what are you thinking? Right? Like where are you, how are you getting minute? I don't know. I almost feel bad but that's just life in college basketball.
3: Yeah, and it's kind of impossible to tell. We've talked about some freshmen coming in and struggling, um, even to start the year, like Ubre. We've had some five stars not do anything at all. So it's tough really to predict. Um, I'm trying to think of the starting lineup that would be fun. Obviously, you got Juan, Kev, and Hunter locked in. So, yeah, Timberlake, and then a mixture between, I, I just can't predict the freshmen. So, like Arterio and um, El Marco those five and we haven't even talked about just how good Kevin is on the glass too. He averaged seven boards last year. He had the Texas Tech game that we went to A B comes to mind at the end where he makes a huge play um putback and they win that game. So he can he'll he could play the four um KJ gets some rest and Hunter Dickinson and Kevin would just be insane on the boards. And I think even the starting lineup with KJ Kev and Dickinson, we're gonna be insane on the glass.
2: Yeah. It it's just like a somebody tweeted at me this morning, like, is this the most talented team Bill Selfs ever put together? And I I don't think it's the most talented team we put together. But when it comes to a college basketball, if you're constructing a college basketball team, I think this is up there with God, I mean, I don't know. It It's hard, but, like, this team is just awesome. You have the prototypical college point guard. You have the seven-foot big that, like you said, B, turned both Self's going to force-feed the shit out of him. You have a national defensive player of the year candidate in McCuller. Like, it's, it's not the most talented, but it is kind of like 2020, like you said, AB, where it just – it just works. Like you put this team in a 6 game tournament, single elimination, where you got to go win 6 games in a row, you're going to guard better than the other team you play. You're going to have the best big on the floor uh regardless of who you play. You're going to have maybe not the most like best scoring point guard, but you're going to have the most trusted point guard on the floor, and we say that over and over again, guard play is is what wins you games in March. So it's like I don't. It's not the most talented. I mean, the freaking Morris twins started together, and Thomas Robinson came off the bench, and like we've had some outrageously talented teams. I I don't even think it's a top three most talented, but is it the is it a top three constructed
4: college basketball team? Do you guys think that? I think it's too early to say that. I don't mean to sprinkle on the parade, but I know it's going into this year. Yeah, like I just. I like I said before, I still have questions about the offense. Like, if I'm going to make but that 2020, we're,
2: we're, smiling. Smiling. But they were seems
4: still like, they were still like top five in offensive efficiency. Like, they didn't score a whole lot, but they made the most of their possessions. And maybe this team does too, but like, I don't know. I, I'd like to see it first. That's just like a big concern. And if I'm having a concern on something as big as half of the game of basketball, I'm probably going to wait and see. But I still think they're one of the two or three best teams in the country. I'm not denying that. I just want to hold off on, like, the best, top three, best rosters Bill's ever put together in terms of yeah. so- trying to win a championship.
3: I mean, even you can make a case 07 was better than 08. Like, that's kind of the scary thing about mm-hmm. Bill's teams. Um, damn it, I had something important.
2: So... um. God, I don't I don't what else do we want to touch on with this with this team? I guess the only other thing I was going to ask also, if you look back historically is is McColler and DeWan, like where do those guys stack up compared to other, and I guess you could throw KJ in there. We've already talked about teams that had three guys return, but like where does this stack up on best most exciting returns we've had. Like McColler was gone. Like we all felt he was very much gone, and now he's back, and all of a sudden you're sitting here like it's it's hard to even fathom we get a whole nother season of him and Dewan playing together. If you if you think back to the final two minutes of all the close games we played this year, those guys just make play after play, and the fact they get to do it again, McColler's going to be like 20 freaking four years old. I don't know. Like obviously Sharon and Cole Aldridge is – I don't know if you'll ever top those two both announcing them coming back. Uh yeah, Sharon and Cole is that was incredible when we figured out they were coming back.
3: Joke and Tony uh, was pretty damn big. Yeah, so do that you was pair second and do do Don? Yeah, I mean. Oh, we're comparing two players?
2: Yeah, I'm just saying like who are the other teams that have had a package of guys where it was just like, I can't believe they're both coming back. Like dope coming back was incredible. Dot wasn't, I mean, we wanted dot back and, but I don't think any of us were like
3: shocked that dot yeah. came back. I don't know. It, I'm just trying to Sharon. I mean, those Sharon still says he should have went after junior year, even though he obviously had a fun senior year. Um, but those, those were both honestly pretty shocking. Like not just one or the other. I would I thought Sharon was gone. Um, but yeah, Doe coming back was super surprising because of the injuries concerns. So yeah, Rush and Chalmers, I guess they could have went after 07. I'm not sure where they were. Rush.
4: Rush was going to
3: Rush right? coming back. Yeah, that was a miracle. But yeah, they yeah. were top ten recruits coming out and they had really solid um first few years at KU. So yeah, I guess I guess we c- kind of would have had to be in the moment there. I don't really remember yeah. that.
2: So, and it's just different because, like, Dewan we knew were coming back. So, the thing about Cole and
4: and Sharon is we didn't think either of them were coming back potentially. Spee uh, and Devontae, did they have? I, I mean, I we were excited and, and I feel like they both happened around the
3: same time. Yeah. yeah. But, um, okay. I'm so, gonna, can I go back to 2020? Now we made the comparison to this team. Yeah. What was a good just for that season. Who was a good shooter on that team? Isaiah Moss. Nice. Yeah.
4: But, I but yeah, I mean, I'm... 30. You a Sabuki.
3: Yeah, Doe could shoot, especially from the old free-throw line. Um, Isaiah Moss, yeah, 35%. He shot four threes a game. Damn, Isaiah Moss played 25 minutes a game. I don't <laughs> know how I don't remember that. But, yeah, he can he shoot it. His dad reminded us that he could shoot after every time he shot. So. Isaiah Moss. Um, yeah, I guess Isaiah Oach obviously ended up being a good shooter. We knew he'd be a good shooter, but yeah, it's not like you had anyone lights out from a shooting standpoint, 2020, and they were that good defensively and Doak was that dominant.
2: Yeah. It, the shooting thing, like, I think we sometimes forget the droughts that 2020 and maybe not droughts, but like that team was not, that team's offense was like throwing lobs up to Doak. At a lot of times. Now, that's pretty damn good. That's a pretty dang good offense, but yeah, it was a lot of throw a lob up to Doke and hope Doc can get past his man for an easy layup. And then, yeah, you sprinkle in Isaiah Moss making a couple threes, but like Marcus, I mean, Marcus was not a threat offensively, but he hit, it felt like he hit shots when he needed to. So I do, th- I think this team and I think this team's going to be better offensively than 2020 because I think Dickinson is just—I mean, I don't know—Doke. Doke's so hard to judge because Doke from like his first three and a half years was obviously very good, but Doke in February and March of his senior year was the most Freak. dominant big man that's ever stepped foot since like yeah. Wilt Chamberlain. I mean,
3: in, in, but like, it was like for like Big Tall eight, Player of the Year, yeah, because I so he he was in the year. Because Daw averaged 18, and I feel like people don't really talk about it, and he wasn't even hitting jumpers at a high rate. So, yeah, Doke Doke was that good to end the year. But, yeah, Hunter Dickinson can do a little bit of everything. I mean, he's got to dunk on guys, step out, shoot threes, get to the line, make free throws. Doke couldn't do that. But, yeah, Hunter Dickinson could just do everything, except defensively yeah. Doke would obviously have
2: the edge. So here's how I want to wrap this up because we love going back and looking at some of our old predictions. We had an episode before the 2022 championship team where we just were idiots at, at one point I said, I remember like four years ago that I was questioning whether or not Jalen Wilson was a fit to play under Bill self. Uh, that was great take. So what I would like to do here is let's make some predictions for this team. Like, Really, I've been joking about the hype. I I don't think we're going to go 40-0. and But, like, they're going to be preseason number one. If they're not, it's, you know, crazy. I know Duke's getting a lot of love, too. They're going to be preseason number one. They are going to be Big 12 favorites. Like, is this a team that can win 30 regular season games before we even get to the tournament like is that crazy ab what would that take that would be 30 and 30 and uh, 4 30 and 4 like are we oh, yeah, thinking sorry. that talented of a team or do we have too many newcomers to to be that good that early because that takes being really good right off the bat
4: yeah uh, i just the non-con is going to be loaded as always maui is a crazy field you got yukon coming to the field house you've got uh oh, yeah. kentucky yeah at indiana do we get kentucky in the champions classic <laughs> Yeah. I think, yeah. So, like, that's a loaded, loaded schedule. Plus, the Big 12's always six. So, I think 30 and four is going to be tough, but I think 28 and six will get you number one overall, probably. No. I mean, we mm-hmm. said that last year, too, and then we ended up third. When we ever. go in last year, didn't we have, did we go into the Big 12
2: tournament with seven losses? Six? I don't know. Can't remember. But,
3: yeah. It,
2: I don't know. What do you think, B Turn?
3: Um, I was just going to say, it's kind of funny you asked that. Cause I was going to ask, um, I was, I was on the radio before this and the dude asked me, my guy, Jack um, asked me over under five and a half losses. So it's kind of funny you said that. Cause I think that's a good line. Cause I don't over like six and a half. I don't see how you could take the over there, you know, five and a half's like right there on the edge because yeah, the non-con's crazy. You have to play every Big Twelve team twice. You have the Big Twelve tournament, which we should be fine, but it's a single elimination tournament. So yeah, I don't I'm I said under just because it's tough to say over. Um and then he kind of brought up a good point, which is the national championship team lost six, which yeah, they were really good. Um but are they how much better are they than this team? Obviously you had two first rounders, but if if you would have told if you'd asked me before McCuller
2: came back, and I think I even tweeted about this, and some people agreed, some people were like mad that I tweeted it. Before McCuller came back, I was like, this team's going to have growing pains. They're going to be they're going to struggle early, um, but guess what? They'll peak in February and March, like every Bill Self team. They'll get a one seed. They'll win the Big Twelve. McCuller at being ba- added back kind of changes that because I think this team's going to be able to play ugly. They're going to be able to struggle a little bit. But having DeWan and McColler on the floor late in games, guys that – I mean, this is – Kevin mccoller has been in college now like five years. DeWan's a gamer. Like, I just think even in our gross early season games, we will find a way to win because we have the best coach in the country at late-game situations. We have the best point guard in the country at late-game situations. McColler made play after play last year. So, like, that's the only part that has me thinking, like, can we kind of limp through the non-con with – one or even, I guess, one loss would for for you to go thirty and four. But you would have to only lose one in non-con, I would think, and then have an absurd uh, Big Twelve. But yeah. even if you lose two, I think you could get to five. I don't know. I I I really do think I ugh, five and a half is a tough number.
3: Yeah, because I mean, I was just going through it in my head, talking to him, thinking about Big Twelve record and fifteen and three sounds. Crazy, like that's so hard to do. You have you I mean, B- still know how good nine road games. How good is
2: the Big Twelve? I I don't. I honestly know nothing. I mean, Casey, I say that every and, I say that
3: there's also
4: also teams coming in. Like we're gonna beat the hell out of UCF at home. My God. Play
2: yeah, but they're gonna sneaky give us a game. Like you remember back when Texas Tech was awful? It didn't matter how bad they were. We'd go to Lubbock and win like fifty nine fifty seven in just awesome. a disgusting when they had, so you when they had the deaf kid on the team yeah but yeah so all and we would just spank them yeah this year was insane i hope we don't i mean it was fun but like i don't want another big 12 season where it's a two-point game every single night that not good for my long-term health
3: yeah, yeah that's another i think too another thing too is they did win those tight games last year i mean bill self just has a knack for doing that mm-hmm. and like you said you got the upperclassmen, guys with experience that make winning plays. So they did win the tight ones a lot. Obviously the end of the season in a tight one, but there was a lot of circumstances there. But yeah, they got a lot of upperclassmen that play hard and they're going to do just anything it takes to win. Like think about the four guys we've kind of locked into the starting lineup with Hunter Dickinson transferred here so he could win. Maybe he got a little money too. KJ Adams plays hard. Um, and then DeWan and Kevin like there's you can't even question it so those four right there they're gonna do anything it takes put their bodies on the line at the end of games get on the floor get a loose ball rebound anything it takes to win so that's really why I'm the most excited
4: yeah yeah I've got two things before we get out of here they're very they're very very quick first of all we've been talking a lot of basketball last six months Athlon put out their all big 12 team Mike Nowitzki, first team. Jalen Daniels, first team All-Big 12 at quarterback. Devin Neal, first team All-Big 12 at running back. And Kobe Bryant, first team All-Big 12 at corner. Uh, shouts to them, football's coming up soon. Second of all, oh, KU Turner, here's some man.
3: I heard KU has another good running back, too, outside of Neal. I'm not sure, though.
4: Mm-hmm. Barry Sanders.
3: <laughs> What's number two? Number
4: two, Ryan, I knew you'd be excited about this one because I haven't done this podcast with you for four and a half years to not talk shit when LeBron gets eliminated and swept. So let me just say that. <laughs> give me, it's it's give me 60 seconds to talk. To I see it. 5801 starting now. Okay. So one, he's had this dream for a decade to play with you know. the son of the NBA. Now he loses. He's, he's 365 days from his son being drafted, and all of a sudden he's bringing up retirement. Now, everyone knows he's bringing up retirement, so they don't talk about how he just got his ass swept in the conference finals by a team that's never made the NBA finals. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, shouts this to Steve Big time year for the guy. Uh, but, yeah, I just had to say LeBron got swept. You, hate, you really do hate seeing it, um, even though he played his ass off in the first half of Game 4. But uh, I had to say something because it's, A, been too long since we've debated it because we don't care as much as we did three years ago. But, B, if I didn't, I feel like I wouldn't be being myself. So, shouts yep. to LeBron. Yep um fair fair get your takes off um if you don't think lebron pretending
2: he's gonna retire as part of some like i don't know marketing campaign or documentary or it was no chance lebron's even considered retiring
4: He just dropped 40 points in a western conference elimination game like well but michael jordan (laughs) retired twice after winning championships and putting up like historic shots and performance hey um but also good point here by our guy jordan which
2: last episode with jordan we love him um shout out but people forget Mikey boy got swept back-to-back years before the conference finals. People do forget that. You want to know what else people forget? Michael Jordan gets credit for losing in the first round, and LeBron
4: James gets absolutely trashed because his team just made the finals every year. Well, Ryan, Jordan. No, no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you look back and you talk history of sports 20 years ago, you don't remember the years where they don't go on long runs. In 2045, you know what we're going to be saying about LeBron? He made eight straight finals. He won four times, three and a half times. Excuse me, bubble doesn't count. Like you're only going to remember the big parts. So yes, of course. But who cares? <laughs> also, count. let me let me know let me know when uh, LeBron gets a shoe movie made about him. Uh, that was kind of cool. Shout out to Air, very good movie. I liked it a lot. Jam- There's going to be a lot of movies Jim. about LeBron.
3: But okay, we we got to hey, get out of here. We always we get go more than a long game. Long. We have to talk about something for, and we can try to make it super quick. We have to though. We have to touch on Ernest Uday, like super quick. Because we haven't yeah. talked about him leaving. We're super sad about that. Saw the potential. Would be nice to have him as a backup big. Um, but I want to say no chance he's coming back. Someone just asked. Um, and quickly, how would you feel if he went to K-State?
2: Won't even entertain it. Won't happen. That would be disgusting. It would make um... me think that he was secretly, like, doing it to get back at Bill for recruiting over him. But, yeah. Um... I don't even I, – I I get sad talking about Ernest. It really is one of the most, like, difficult transfers I've ever seen. Like, he was just so perfect. He was going to be such a star at KU. But it's a new era, and uh Hawks are cooking. Bill Self's the goat. That's
1: it. We need to wrap this up, and uh, rock chalk. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network.